In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. John 3.16, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, and we hear it at every Mass as one of the comfortable words reminding us of God's love and consolation for us. You might even still see a John 3.16 sign the next time you watch a ball game, somewhere in the stands, right? It's everywhere, everyone knows it. A lot of you probably even have it memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loving us enough to send Jesus and the promise of eternal life is the core not only of John's gospel but of the entire Christian faith. We have no issue hearing that God loves us and longs to forgive us But I wonder how good of a sense we have of what it means to believe in Jesus. The narrative that we hear today between Jesus and Nicodemus teaches us something about the nature of belief and the implications that that has for our faith. As our passage begins, we hear of Nicodemus coming to see Jesus at night. Some have suggested this nighttime visit because Nicodemus would rather not be seen by some of his people around him, perhaps some of the other Pharisees who wouldn't understand why he's visiting Jesus in the first place. And this has some credence, but I think it's better understood if we realize the theme of light and darkness that is throughout John's gospel. Indeed, in the opening verses of his gospel, in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, John speaks of Jesus as being the light of men that shines in the darkness and that the darkness does not understand it. Coming in the darkness of night, Nicodemus is someone who is not in the light. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He's darkened. Although he knows that Jesus is a teacher who must come from God, who God must be with because he's doing these wonderful miracles and signs, he doesn't believe. Perhaps like us, Nicodemus suffers a limited perspective, which immediately becomes clear when Jesus begins to speak to him. He tells this Jewish leader that a person must be born again to be able to see the kingdom of God, and he can't fathom any other kind of birth other than the natural one, the physical one. How can someone be born a second time? So Jesus gets a little more explicit and says, someone must be born of water and the Spirit. Water here being just another one of John's images for the Spirit. Jesus makes a clear distinction between physical, fleshly birth and spiritual birth. Yet Nicodemus answers, how can this be? Have any of you ever wanted to have a one-on-one conversation with Jesus to ask him some questions? kind of get things clarified. Well, here's Nicodemus having one of those moments, and he still can't get it. He's stuck. He has a way of living and a way of understanding the world that he can't escape. 
even when Jesus tries to tell him there's something different. I wonder if we are not also similarly struck by our context. A very physical existence, a culture that wants to see, taste, touch, hear, or smell, we won't believe it unless we see it with our own eyes. And yet Jesus says, there's another way. Only with a spiritual birth from above, from God, are we able to begin to see and understand and enter into his kingdom. As St. Anselm would, would remind us, it is faith first that seeks understanding, not by understanding then having faith. So believing in Jesus has to go beyond mere knowledge. It has to go beyond the scientific method. Indeed, the primary definition for belief, even in a modern dictionary, would say it's not belief in a fact as the primary definition, but belief to the point of putting trust or confidence in someone or something else. A mundane example that I often use is like you trusting that that pew is going to hold you up and not collapse. Right? We must trust in Jesus that he is who he says that he and God will do what they declare. It is no longer and has never been sufficient just to believe that God loves you and forgives you. We must rather see Jesus on the cross as the only way by which we are delivered from sin and death. And that should impact how we live our lives. What might that look like? This is where I wish the lectionary included just a few more verses that conclude this scene with Nicodemus. Our last verse in our reading points us to the fact that God does not desire to condemn the world, but to bring salvation to it. And picking up in verse 19, I'll read on. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, by which he means Jesus, and men loved darkness rather than the light their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, and neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. To believe in Jesus then means that we need to step into his light, that our actions and behaviors would be clearly seen and would begin to look more and more like his actions. We need to trust that the way that God and Jesus call us to live, the commandments that we are given, are actually the best, not our own way of thinking about it. To believe in Jesus then implies obedience to God's commands. This indeed is the kind of faith that Abraham showed as Paul references. He believes and trusts in God not just doing what the law required. There was no law. But when God spoke, Abraham believed, even believing enough to be willing to sacrifice his only biological child. And in his faith, God declares him to be righteous. Do our lives represent an obedience and belief in God? People who trust in Jesus and are led by his spirit to go back into our passage would look like wind to the rest of the world. Despite our scientific advancements, we see the wind, but even we do not yet 
fully understand where it comes from and where it goes. So it should be with the effects of Christians, those who are born of the Spirit being in the world, that the rest of the world would see the impacts of our lives around them, even if they do not understand why we do what we do, even if they aren't sure where we're going or that our ultimate hope is in heaven. They should see the effects of our life of faith and how we live. The season of Lent provides us with an opportunity to reflect on this, to reflect on whether or not we really believe and trust in Jesus, or whether we just want God's love without the obedience. Like Nicodemus, I frequently want a more concrete answer. I want to have my own understanding of how things work. Indeed, when I first came to the Christian faith, it was with more of an intellectual assent that, yes, I think that's true that Jesus died for me. It's taken and still takes time to let it sink in and go beyond for me to actually want to obey God instead of to do my own thing. Perhaps you can relate. But it doesn't have to be that way, and it shouldn't be that way. As we go through Lent and we begin to look towards Easter and the cross, let us see again the Jesus that loves us and gives himself for us. Let us see the love of God on display for all the world to see. And reflecting upon our lives, let us ask God to help us both to desire and to be able to put our trust in him, that he would guide our lives and that we would be faithful and obedient. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.